1: Your daily Toronto Raptors podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey there, and welcome to episode number 119 of Locked On Raptors for Tuesday, April 11th. I'm your host, Sean Woodley of RaptorsHQ.com. You can find me on Twitter at WoodleySean, and the show is on Twitter as well, at Locked On Raptors. You can find links to every single show. Locked On Raptors is also part of the Locked On Podcast Network, which hosts team-specific shows for all 30 NBA teams, as well as Locked On Fantasy with Josh Lloyd and Locked On NBA with David Locke. You can find those all together on the Locked On NBA iTunes channel. It is a great time of year if you're a basketball fan, if you're an NFL fan too. The NFL Locked On NFL Network is uh, gearing up its draft coverage, but uh, if you're an NBA fan and you're gearing up for the playoffs, you can't really find anywhere better than the team-focused shows for uh, the Locked On Network. You get a really close perspective to all the teams that are going to be playing each other. If you're interested in a certain series, check out the Locked On shows for those two teams that are going to be involved. It's a lot of content is going to be churned out here in the coming days and, and weeks during the playoffs, so please check out the network. Find a show that you like, leave a rating or review on that show on iTunes, and you can do that with us. Locked On Raptors, of course, is on iTunes. You can leave a rating or review, and that is the easiest possible way for you to help out the show, show that you care, help to move us up the rankings, help people discover the show, and uh, it's a time of year where I'm hoping to sort of boost up some listenership here, maybe get some new years, and you can definitely help people discover the show by uh, by leaving a rating or review on iTunes. It just boosts the visibility overall. So thank you in advance for that. On today's show, it's an extended conversation with Chris Manning from Lockdown Cavs and Fear the Sword. Uh, we talked yesterday at length about a whole bunch of things. This was before the Cavaliers and Heat game last night. That was uh, kind of a beautiful disaster. It was... A wildly entertaining, tor- horribly played basketball game uh, that really had a lot of impact on the Eastern Conference standings. We spoke still, the stuff we talked about is very much still relevant. It was just kind of general stuff about the Cavs and you know what issues they might be having uh, and whether or not they worry Chris going into the playoffs, the issues with the Cavs' depth and their defense, things like that. On the Raptors side of things, we talked about Kyle Lowry, we talked about how they stack up among the the Celtics and Wizards as as far as challenges to the Cavs go. Uh, It was a good conversation with Chris, it was a pretty long one, so enjoy that today. Um, There's going to be no podcast on Wednesday, I'm headed to the Blue Jays game, and with work I'm just not sure I'm going to have enough time in between to get a podcast out. And I just think we've kind of covered everything for that Cavs game in this one. Um, and I'm going to have an extra podcast this week already because Saturday, of course, is uh, Game 1. Uh, I'm, I'm assuming 12.30. Uh, it, just, it would make the most sense. That's going to be a big day for Toronto sports with the Leafs playing at 7 p.m. as well. So very excited for this weekend. But yeah, uh, I'll have a podcast ideally after that game from the bowels of the ACC. I'll try to, you know... You know, harass someone to join the show to be a guest. If not, I can just record solo from the basement of the ACC. But uh, I'm going to have a show on Saturday for you, recapping Game 1, just to, just so you're aware there, uh, to make up for the missed show on Wednesday. Uh, so hope you enjoy that, and this will be a fun week. I'm really excited to get the regular season over with, get the uh, the playoffs going. I think both Chris and I share that same sentiment, as you'll hear in this conversation, and we're looking forward to it. And uh, the Cavs and Raptors, yeah, it might happen in the second round. That's a little disappointing if you're a Raptors fan and you want to have a longer, prolonged, you know, playoff run. But you know, there's still an opportunity for the Raptors to maybe pull an upset there too. Uh, so. Trying to get, trying not to get too hung up on the seating and things like that because everything will shake itself out and it'll be fun and the Raptors will uh, be better equipped to take on the team like the Cavs than they were last year. And, and we get all and all that sort of thing with Chris as well. So uh, stay tuned for the conversation with myself and Chris. You can follow Chris on Twitter at CWMWrites. You can read his stuff at Fear of the sword.com. He does a bunch of stuff around the internet, so uh, check that out. He does stuff for the step back. Um, so please check out Chris's stuff. He does a really good job covering the Cavs here's hoping that if the Raptors play the Cavs we'll get to see Chris uh, in town uh, he mentioned during the conversation uh, during our conversation actually that he might be able to uh, head up to to cover a game so that'll be fun we'll do a crossover again I'm sure this won't be the last time Chris is on the show this year uh, based on how the playoffs look that they're going to shake out so uh, enjoy the conversation with Chris we'll be back again on Thursday to recap whatever happened in that game and look ahead to the playoffs I think Vivek Jacob from Raptors or Pucks going to join the show so stay tuned for that that'll be a lot of fun uh, all right we're going to get to it now enjoy the conversation We'll talk to you later. Cheers.
0: Hi, I'm Chris Manning from the Locked On Cavaliers podcast.
1: And I'm Sean Woodley from Locked On Raptors. Uh, Chris, how are you, man?
0: I'm doing good. Uh, so now it's getting towards the end of the regular season. The Cavs and the Raptors are both in interesting places. They, Weirdly enough, they play in the regular season finale for both teams, which to me uh, is kind of – th- I kind of think that's a bummer because I'd like to see these two teams play – earlier in the season because I, I think from the cast for a second, there's a good chance they're not going to play anybody on Wednesday, which means we're going to get the, the Bruno and Larry Sanders showdown on uh, Fan Appreciation <laughs> Night in Cleveland. But uh, it's sort kind of interesting that these two teams are, are playing in this time because, I uh, Sean, correct me if I'm wrong, but they haven't played since the the, the Raptors have made all their, the, the P.J. Tucker move and the Serge Ibaka move.
1: They haven't played, I think, since like late November. They played three games like right out of the gate, and the Raptors lost all three. Um, Even though the Raptors started the season pretty well, like most of the Raptors first five or six losses came to either the Cavs or the Warriors um, and like the Clippers when they were playing really well. Um, So it was hard to gauge because they were like really sort of blowing everybody else away. Uh, And uh, it would have been nice to sort of like get games against the Cavs throughout the season just so you could like track progress um, because this entire season for the Raptors is kind of being measured against the Cavaliers. Um, that's kind of what the coming into the year that was kind of the whole thing is you know okay they've established that the second best team in the east how do they compare to the Cavs and then to have all three games you know all three meaningful games against them done in November it's kind of a bummer because yeah as you mentioned this game on Wednesday I don't know if they're like maybe between two teams that are like trying to tank for a lottery pick but like these two teams are going to be it's going to be a serious tank battle to see who can lose this game because like The Raptors have no incentive for the Cavaliers to fall to the one seed. Ideally, they'd like to have the Cavs uh, stay in the one seed, stay out of their bracket until the Eastern Conference Finals, and and, and have it go like that and play the Celtics in the round two because I think the Raptors and Celtics, that's not a matchup that favors the Celtics very well. Um, So there's no incentive for the the Cavs to fall to two for the Raptors. And, you know, the Raptors, if they can give the Cavaliers a win and have one of the two that is the magic number for the Cavaliers right now come from them, uh, that would be ideal. But I, I just... I think both teams are really, really, really going to try to lose.
0: Yeah, I, I think you're 100% right. Like, I think the Cavs, do, I don't think the Cavs have much to gain from actually like getting the one Um, I think they're going to feel like they're fine either way. Um, I think you certainly have some things with them that aren't great, which we're certainly going to get into on today's show, but them playing Toronto in the second round would be sort of an interesting decision just because I feel like if Toronto is fully healthy and they're clicking, they're probably the worst matchup for the Cavs. I, I look at Boston and I th- and I, wa- I and that Wednesday game from last week really does stick out of my mind. But I don't think Boston just has the secondary playmaking and the and the and the overall just kind of stuff to beat the Cavs. They're really going to struggle under rebounding, and, and if they're gonna like if they're gonna play Amir Johnson. They ran this pick and roll earlier in that game where the Cavs just decided to make Isaiah Thomas like decide to like have to get around him and and do all that, or he has to make a really just insane pass because Amir John they just ignored Amir Johnson. Boston's mm-hmm. gonna have a bunch of those problems, and like Isaiah's is great, and I like Celtics fans get like super annoyed when you like talk about their the team's flaws, but like I think there are limits to what Boston is. Washington is really, really good too, um, They're and they're. I think they're t- certainly top-heavy and stuff, but Toronto, because of Ibaka, because of Lowry, because of P.J. Tucker, because of Damari Carroll, like they have a lot that, that's going to make things hard for the Cavs. To me, it feels like they're the best two teams in the East if they're both fully clicking, and that certainly hasn't been the case all year for either team for very different reasons, but it would kind of mm. suck for me to see that in the second round when I would kind of like to see um, I would kind of like to see like Toronto play Boston. Like I think that'd be really interesting. And I'd like to, I kind of Cavs Wizards to me would be a really fun series as
1: well. Yeah, I'm with you there. I think this sort of setup where Cavs Wizards Celtics Raptors as a second round like was always the most appealing to me. I know people wanted to see Celtics Wizards because of their weird sort of funeral game and all the stuff going back and forth between the two of them. But like I just think on paper Raptors Celtics and and Cavs Wizards just more you know appealing matchups and yeah the Celtics thing I'm with you and just in terms of thinking they have a playoff ceiling I don't think it's very high because I think once teams sort of hone in on Isaiah Thomas and kind of cut off the head of their offense they're really going to struggle we've seen it you know even when he sits this season their offense completely falls off a cliff and if you have someone out there that is dedicated to just smothering Isaiah Thomas I think things are really going to fall apart for them quickly um and I think you know you mentioned the Raptors and like you just kind of listed off all the guys like I mean Damari Carroll's like the seventh or eighth guy in the rotation right now. Um, I mean, he's starting games, but he's not playing, you know, crunch time as much as a guy like PJ Tucker is. And I think one to eight. I mean, you, obviously the Cavaliers' top three is is ridiculous, and LeBron is sort of the trump card and everything. But I think if you're looking at depth of rotation, one to eight or one to nine, I think the Raptors probably have all of these teams sort of outgunned. I mean, again, the depth matters less in the playoffs, and it's going to come down to closing lineups. And I still think the Cavs are better than the Raptors. Um, but I think, you know, compared to last year when the Raptors just didn't have any sort of solutions for any of the problems the Cavs threw at them. I mean, you saw games where the the, the, the Raptors had to throw out like Bismack, Biombo and Jonas Valanciunas in the front court because there was just nothing else they could do to counter the Cavaliers. And um, it, it just it wasn't going to work. The Cavs would throw out, you know, these, these lineups with like Channing Fry and Kevin Love. And the Raptors just didn't have the horses to defend that and didn't have the offensive chops to stay with them on the other end whereas this season I think it's a lot different I think Serge Ibaka is huge for that I think he can be out there against those smaller Cavs lineups uh, and defend we've seen Patrick Patterson play center too if Ibaka proves to be a little bit slow Patterson's been fine as a five this year too and in in smaller matchups and if the Cavs are gonna go uh, you know small like that you can get away with him there PJ Tucker's been fantastic as a four this year uh, and he's worked really well with Damari Carroll and sort of switching configurations with them those two playing the three and four together Uh, he's commented on that a lot just like how much he likes playing with Damari because they can switch everything so seamlessly and I think the Raptors are just more geared to to stop what the Cavaliers do on offense And I think the offense is more potent this season, season than it was last year I mean before Kyle Lowry went down before Patrick Patterson had a midseason injury the Raptors were borderline historic in their offense they were number one for a big chunk of the year obviously that's fallen back to earth a little bit but I think with a healthy Kyle Lowry sort of bombing those pull-up threes he's been you know so accustomed to doing over the last couple of years I think they can approach top five and, you know, quietly the Raptors defense after being kind of middle of the pack, you know, between 15 and 20 most of the year is now eighth in the NBA. They've been like a top three or four defense since the all-star break uh, with the new addition. So I'm with you. I think the Raptors are the most potent matchup for the Cavaliers in round two or whenever they come across them. Um, I mean, I still don't think they'll win. I think if you're looking at like a Cavaliers Raptors, you know, if they were played 10 series, I would say the Raptors maybe take three of them, but that's a better shot than they had last year where I think, you know, any series those two teams played uh, was going to end with a Cavaliers win.
0: Yeah, I still think the question for me with Toronto and the Cavs is how are they going to guard LeBron? Like, I think there are two teams in the league that have fundamentally, like, good like answers for LeBron, and that's Golden State because they have Draymond and because they have yeah. Godala and they have Durant now, and, like, they have these guys they can throw at LeBron. And then I think the other answer is San Antonio because they have, uh, they have Kawhi. Like, they have this, like, freakishly long, like, just master in Kawhi. But I think if you're looking at teams in the East, like, I think I think what Boston has is interesting. Like, I think Carter's is, like, well-suited for it physically in a lot of ways. But I don't think they have the depth to do it. Like, and I don't think, like, Horford back there, you know, is, is a great uh, counter for LeBron. I think Marcus Smart, like, does really well for his size. But I don't think, like, he's going to stop playoff LeBron. Yeah. But, like, P.J. Tucker is super physical and has, like, given them an identity. And Carroll was, like, is it has the, the, the prototype of being a guy who can stop LeBron. The, but then the question becomes, okay, if, like, you're going to spend all this time – Stopping LeBron, like you know, is are you going to be able to keep up with all the shooting that they're going to have? Because I think if you're playing, if like Corver and J.R. Smith are on the floor at the same time, like and you're you have two wings, maybe paying attention to LeBron. Are you, do you want to leave Kyle Corver open when he's shooting like 38% from three or like like above forty percent from three with the Cavs and Jair is getting a stroke back? And like, are you going to leave Kyrie Irving open? Or are you going to leave Kevin Love open? The Cavs gonna run out these lineups with all the shooting where if you're going to have to collapse on LeBron, like it becomes harder to put a Baca in the paint. It's uh, some of the issue, you had, like you mentioned, like you had with, with uh, Biombo last year, it was is really hard to necessarily keep him in the paint all the time because the Cavs have all the shooting. But if Kyle Lowry... Who I I have watched the the first game he came back he was like crazy from that first game back. If he's like has just an, a Kyle Lowry P Kyle Lowry series, and he just like outplays Kyrie Irving and just makes Kyrie Irving's life suck because Kyrie's gonna have to defend him because of because they can't really slide Kyrie onto a PJ Tucker or onto a Demar Derozan. Like mm. the series gets really interesting if Lowry is just in fuego from game one on.
1: Yeah, I'm with you there. And to touch on the sort of doubling of LeBron thing that you you mentioned, this is what the Raptors tried last year, right? Is they tried to not double him early in that series and it just led to a parade of LeBron getting to the rim and doing whatever he wanted. And then when they started to send doubles, obviously the the three-point shooting victimized them. And I do think you know, having P.J. Tucker as a guy that you can just say, all right, you are the guy who's going to guard LeBron here. We're going to try our best not to send help. It's hard, of course, with LeBron because he's so sort of magnetic when he's out there. But I think P.J. Tucker... I mean, DeMar DeRozan has talked about P.J. Tucker as the guy he liked going up against the least in the entire NBA. And you saw this year. I mean, DeRozan's been pretty much matchup proof this year. But the two games the Raptors played against Phoenix before the trade, uh, P.J. Tucker completely shut DeRozan down. And Tucker maybe doesn't have the sort of quickness of a guy like Draymond or Kawhi Leonard or even like a Tony Allen. He's more of a a handsy sort of, you know, hand-to-hand combat kind of defender. I still think that's pretty well cut out to at least try to impede LeBron a little bit. Again, nobody really stops LeBron. Um, but PJ Tucker, I think maybe because he was in Phoenix for so long, people didn't really notice it. But I've noticed it since he came like he's got to be like a top five or 10 wing defender in the league. And that's something you want to have when you're up against LeBron James. That's at least a chance. And I think Patrick Patterson. Uh, We've seen him do a pretty nice job, switched on to LeBron sometimes here. He's got some nice size. He's pretty quick as well uh, for a guy of his size. And that's another fighting chance they have. They just have more guys they can throw at him this year. And Damari Carroll, you know, he has been perfect. But I think his defense has been a lot better lately. And he wasn't really right last year in the playoffs just because he missed so much time. He only played like 27 regular season games. uh, Came back just before the playoffs and never really got into his groove. So I think he has a better chance of guarding LeBron too. But you, you mentioned Kyle Lowry. And this is the whole X factor, right? And this is the reason uh, Raptors fans were so apprehensive when he went out was like, is he actually gonna get back? It's a wrist injury, is he gonna be able to shoot? And I think since he came back, I think most of the fears have been kind of quelled a little bit. He had a bit of a hiccup in the second game he played against Miami. He was like 5 of 14 from the field, 1 of 5 from 3, and like 1 of 5 from the free throw line. But overall, he shot the 3 pretty well. His first shot when he came back was a pull-up 3, uh, kind of a patented Lowry shot. And he I think he was like 5 of 10 from 3 in that game, or 4 of 9 or something like that. He was 4 of 9 against the Knicks on, on Sunday. Um, he seems to be in the groove. He doesn't seem to have too much of an issue. And I still think just we saw last year, Kyle Lowry wasn't shooting all that playoffs but just having Kyle Lowry on the floor is much better than having a Corey Joseph or DeLon Wright just because of everything else he does he's the best playmaker on the team he does such a good job of sort of just probing the paint kind of going kind of like a Steve Nash kind of way where to sort of go through and sort of scramble the defense and then pick out shooters on the perimeter he's always very methodical when he does that he's not sort of violently Team, trying to find shooters, um, so Lowry definitely I think unlocks a new ceiling with this team that obviously isn't there when he's not around. I mean, the Raptors did a lot better than I expected they would without Lowry. They were fourteen and seven, played really good defense. Demar Derozan went crazy, um, but yeah, I think Lowry, I think represents a pretty significant advantage over Kyrie Irving in a playoff series just because of what Lowry can do on both ends. Um, but what's going on with Kyrie? Is his knee okay? Like, what's going on there?
0: Well, I, I, I don't know. Like, it's this is the Cavs. I can't figure them out. Like, they're just – they're utterly really confusing to me. Um, because, like, he – Kyrie pl- has, like, played, like, great, I think, for a while. And I think – I will say, too, like, in the – in the def- when it when it comes to the defense in the playoffs, I think Kyrie's going to get there, like, a lot better. And I think you, you saw that in the Celtics game, he, like, actually put an effort on that end, and then that's going to matter. I think Lowry is, like – I think Lowry is just, like, a bad matchup for him because Lowry is so physically strong. Like, I think that's mm-hmm. one of the things that's going to happen – and that series will be really interesting to watch, but like it didn't matter last year, you know what I mean? Like, it like it just functionally like ended up not mattering that much. The the thing with Kyrie that I am kind of intrigued by with him right now is like is the knee to me seems fine, but it's like is yeah. he going to is he just going to kind of get back to exactly where he was last year? Because I think he's been great all year for the most part. He's been kind of bad on defense, but is he going to flip the switch in the same way uh, LeBron is doing? And, and how is he going to you know? be this year in the playoffs when last year was like a weird year for him because he comes back mid season and it he played himself into shape for the playoffs. This year he's he played in the summer and then he's played and now he's got the knee thing, which I'm not hundred percent sure how much it was just like a a one off thing or if this is like a real ongoing issue for him. Well I mean we I guess we're gonna see, right? I, I think but you have like with the Cavs i I think you have a lot of guys in that sort of situation where we kind of got to see everything click like every guy it feels like has something that's sort of off besides lebron like J.R. smith's defense has been sort of awful like if you watch all the tape he's just been ignoring guys um <laughs> like corver's got the foot thing like shumpert's not good like i'm like okay can i i need to know like do you think Amon Schumpert is good
1: no thank and you okay thank the you thought
0: he's, his, bad. The he's, thought he's bad he's bad
1: yeah the thought that he could have been the return for kyle lowry along with the first round pick gives me nightmares but <laughs> go that, on
0: like earth earth three like the raptors got Schumper back for kyle Lowry. that's that's bad that'd be super well bad. that was
1: the that was the deal that was on the on the table with the knicks before james dolan got scared because of the andrea bargnani fleecing a few months before
0: uh, oh God, what an what <laughs> alternate timeline that would be like the raptors have oh. a man Shumpert. he's like oh. not like he's not good um, and I'm very – like, one of the things I, I just don't know what the Cavs are going to do is how do they approach him in the playoff because they like him because he can defend points because uh, they don't really like having Jr. do that a lot. Um, and they're not going to have Korver do that, obviously. So they might keep playing him, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> like But, like, I don't think he's good. But then, like, Kevin Love is just, you know, still kind of getting his timing 100% back, uh, particularly as a shooter. He's he's had some up-and-down games. I think you, with the Cavs you have a lot of guys, Kyrie, Love, Jr. Corver, uh, like all these guys that had these like little things that are, they're trying to get get right. Tristan Thompson, uh, Canada's own Tristan Thompson. It looks like he's. I mean, if he's gonna play, it's gonna be Wednesday, and we probably won't find out right before the game. And he, you know, I actually think that was kind of a blessing in disguise for the team that he didn't end up playing because I think he functionally just needed rest. Like I think he looked really, really tired. And I think there's an argument to be made that he's, like, the second or third most important player for them in certain situations because of what he does as a rebounder and because they need him inside. So, like, I think, I think you have these lot of little things that need to sort of go right. And I also just don't think, that like, if you look at their defense, I don't think they can scheme their way differently in the playoffs to get out of where they've been. I think you can get better, but I don't think they're going to, like, fix everything with just scheming, especially when you especially have guys like Kyle Korver, like Kyrie, uh, like Darren Williams, that, that are just kind of bad defenders.
1: Yeah, that's my thing looking at the Cavs' roster up and down, and I just don't really see other than, you know, just trying harder where they get better defensively, because like I don't think they have many very good defensive players. And like they're kind of old in the back end of their bench. Um and, and yeah, like LeBron's probably the best defensive player when he's locked in. Tristan's pretty good too, but he's kind of you know had a down year on that in that regard. And, I mean, we've heard it all along. The Cavs are like the 29th defense in the NBA since the All-Star break. And that's not going to fly. I mean, it's just hard to be that effective in the playoffs when you can't stop people. I... I'm still going to wait and see come playoff time to see if if this is actually a problem with them or if it was just waiting to flip the switch because I do think LeBron can flip the switch anytime he wants. But I think it's tougher for guys like Kyle Korver or Richard Jefferson or these guys who are older, you know, later in their careers and have never really been all that good defensively anyway. I think that's going to be hard. So I do think there are going to be opportunities for teams like the Raptors to exploit them because, I mean, the Raptors have done a masterful job this year, sort of their pet play, and it's very simple, but they'll, you know... Get, get a point guard they'll, they'll do a one-two pick and roll between uh, Lowry and DeRozan they'll get a point guard and another guard uh to switch and hopefully get a mismatch and then just attack it and that's kind of been the way they've beaten the Celtics a lot this year and I think there's potential to do that if it's like Kyrie and Corver. I mean you would assume LeBron probably draws uh the, the the DeRozan assignment at least sometimes in the in the series although having him exert all that energy on defense probably won't be great on offense but um, you know, great for the offensive end, but you know, there's going to be sort of things for the the Cavs to juggle this year. Where the Raptors, I think, whereas last year they were just kind of at the mercy of every move the Cavs made, and they just tried to counter until there was a checkmate. I think the Raptors actually have things they can do to be on the offensive this year, which just wasn't the case last year. Um, so I think they can take advantage there. And uh, how much do you trust the Cavs' depth right now?
0: I trust it as, the, but it's, some of it depends on how the Cavs deploy it. Like I think. I would cut jumper to minutes pretty drastically. Right. Um, I just don't think he's good. I, I'm a big believer. Richard Jefferson is like openly talking about on uh, as he forms like this like podcasting like juggernaut with the road trip and pod that he's just like <laughs> tanking the regular season. So like I think he's going to be fine. Like and I think his his size and stuff is going to be pretty uh, is going to be pretty important. I, I trust the depth if it's deployed in, in the correct way. It's like I think Corver is best utilized in these long stretches in the second quarter. I think. Um, you need to play LeBron with. I think Darren Williams is really only going to be useful with LeBron because that's where he's just going to find his most success. Um, I think you need to do. You need to go small with LeBron for stretches. You need to do these different things that are going to maximize what the Cavs do well and kind of hide some of their issues. And I think Tristan has to be healthy for a lot of this to work. Like. Um, I, I, I wonder, like, at the end of games, like, they've they've done this a little bit where They go a little bit small with a big at the five. Is Tristan the guy you maybe go with and at least try to do offensive, defensive subs just because he's going to protect the room really well and, and, and he's going to, you know, rebound really well against a guy like Abaka and a guy... And guys uh, like Valanciunas and stuff like that. So I, I trust it, too, as much as it's going to be... Used in the correct way, like I think you have to minimize Shumpert. I think you have to maybe not give a ton of minutes to um, to Darren Williams. I think you can go eight nine deep, but I think your top seven guys probably end up being something like Kyrie, J R, LeBron, Tristan Thompson, Kevin Love, Kyle Korver, um, and then Channing Frye. I think has to play by virtue of them needing another big to play. But and Richard Jefferson, of course, you got eight guys there, and then you have Darren, you have Shump, so you get up to you get up to ten. I, I think Shum's minutes kind of have to be cut, though. So, I don't know. Yeah. I, tr- I trust it to an extent, but I think it just has to be deployed in the right way. And I, I do think that Cavs have counters to a lot of things. But it's, like, I, I don't think, like, Delhi they don't, like, miss Deli a ton. But, yeah. Uh, because he's not that good. But, like, you, you, you miss, like, aspects of what he brought, I think. Like, it's, it's going to be harder for them last year to do some of the gritty um, type of, more physical play that they did last year. Gary Williams is not going to do what Deli did last year and just like body guys. You know, like, he's, that's not his game. Right. Is there like, any team... Like, not going to do that.
1: Yeah. Is there any team in the first round that gives you any sort of pause? So is like... I, 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 keep, I keep looking at this and Raptors fans are weird where they just assume the Raptors are going to have a t- tough time getting out of the first round just because that's kind of in history. I mean, Although... If you, I mean, if you play I,
0: the Bulls, like, you're probably going to lose in four. So...
1: Stop it. <laughs> <laughs> like... No, look. I mean... I mean, can have my me, two
0: if the game ends up, like, if just, oh, yeah, last minute TNT switch, so the NBA is doomed if that happens, like, we're, we're all screwed.
1: Yeah, no, but for me, like, I, I keep looking at the bottom teams in the East, and like I said, Raptors fans have this thing where they just assume that the first round is going to be a slog and it's going to be hard, and I think people are undervaluing how good this team is right now because, uh, like, we haven't really seen it all together just yet. We've seen, like, three games with Lowry back and Abaka and Tucker um, but I do think the upside of this team is significantly higher than it was last year. And I just think the teams in the East, like, none of them are all that inspiring. Like, the Bucks, everyone seems to be so scared of the Bucks. They have, like, three dudes. Like, I just, I can't get there with any of those teams as, like, a real upset threat. Except maybe the Heat against the Celtics in round one, and that's mostly just fueled by my Celtics dislike. But
0: um, <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, the Celtics I just, are just, like, a, like, no offense to, like, their fan, They're just annoying. The, the Celtics are just, like, the most annoying team in the East.
1: Yeah, the Celtics looks like a good Heat. <laughs> <Like> just <laughs> just an annoying version of the – a good version of the annoying Heat. The, the game against the Heat the, – the, the Raptors game against the Heat on Friday was – I don't know if you saw it. It was just a slog. Like the Heat are throwing out this full-court press stuff and like Wayne Ellington's running around screens like he's Ray Allen. Like stop it. This is annoying. But like even then, like I'm not scared of the Heat in round one. Like there's any team down there that gives you any sort of worry
0: I think – so I don't think any of the teams actually are going to, like, beat the Cavs or maybe even take it, like, six games. But I think yeah. if they're all – I think, like, if you look at who they're realistically going to play – so, like, you have Miami, you have Indiana, you have Milwaukee. Um, like, I think if Atlanta would have – if, like, they would have just beat Atlanta, you know, and, like, other would have seen Atlanta would have just, like, collapsed. Like, I think that might have been ideal because they just – like, the Atlanta is – the Cavs is, like, personal punching bag, you know? Like, that's, that's <laughs> just, like, how it's been for the last two years, for, unfortunately for them but like the Indiana, Chicago, like those all these teams that are sort of in that mix for that 8 seed. They aren't necessarily like good teams, but I think they all have things that can make the Cavs' life uncomfortable, or at least make the Cavs like work at certain things, right? Like you have Giannis is Giannis is great. Like like Giannis is yeah, incredible, he's like ridiculous. Like the, LeBron's going to have to come out and guard him and slow him down probably. Um Paul George has been incredible for like the past month and a half, like, and that that's something certain you got to go with too. Uh, the Bulls have Jimmy Butler; he's going to guard LeBron really physically, and that's a thing. And with the Heat, it's like, one, they have the MVP of the league, Deion Waiters. Um, mm-hmm. They have the drama. You didn't even laugh when I said that. that's just shots to Dion, man. Um, <laughs> uh, they have the drama of like the Pat Riley thing. Like the, 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 these teams have played chippy. Like Whiteside's going to like get his numbers and kind of push Thompson. Like. And the Drogic is gonna push Kyrie. I think all these teams, at least in theory, have the ability to like really make the Cavs' life uncomfortable, kind of like what the Pistons did last year, where like it's physical. Uh, the Cavs get pushed in, in spots, but they end up winning all these games sort of comfortably. And I, I think that's sort of the more likely outcome of things. Um, but I, I mean, how do you feel? Like, how do you feel about Toronto? Like, they're locked into that three seed. That means right now, that would mean Milwaukee, or and it could mean you know like the Hawks and stuff like that. Are you hoping the Hawks end up at six?
1: Honestly, like I, I don't even care if it's the Bucks at this point. Like I think the Bucks are the scariest of all those teams. Mm-hmm. Like the Hawks would be lovely, um, but because they decided to beat the Cavs back to back, that's uh, thrown a wrench into things. Um, but the Bucks, like, yeah, Giannis is amazing, but he also is a twenty seven percent three point shooter, and I think people kind of overlooked that, and I think that's something that can be exploited in a playoff series. Like playoff series are all about trying to expose you for your flaws, and that's something that's going to, you know, I think that's something Giannis is going to have to reckon with come playoff time, and maybe he can get hot for a while and, and make the Raptors or whoever they come across, you know, pay for letting him shoot, but I think teams are going to be really sort of conservative against him. I think they're going to go under screens. I think they're just going to give him all the space in the world to shoot, and good luck. And I think other than that, I mean, Chris Middleton— there's been this conversation about Chris Middleton that I just don't really understand. Like, he's really good. I love Chris Middleton. But, like, I saw people yesterday, shout out to Justin Rowan, Um, like, saying that he's better than DeMar DeRozan. And it's like, yeah, Chris Middleton's really good. He's a really good two-way player. But... I mean, DeRozan scores at an absurd volume and a really good efficiency rate uh, over the last little while here, especially. I mean, he's just been on fire. Um, his defense has ticked up late in the season after P.J. Tucker kind of threatened him, <laughs> it, see, it seems, yeah. in the players-only meeting. Um, so I just think, like, you, you'd rather have a guy like DeRozan on, on your team than, than Chris Middleton for a playoff series, a guy who can just get you buckets whenever they want. And I think DeRozan has proven this year that he's, like, pretty much matchup-proof at this point. And I just don't really see the Bucs being able to slow him down. And, like, the, I mean, regular season history matters only so much. But over the course of the last few years, the Raptors have been uh, to the Bucks what the Bulls used to be to the Raptors. Like, the, the Bucks could never beat the Raptors. They beat them late, late in the season this year uh, with Kyle Lowry out. And that was one of the the worst losses of the time without Lowry. But Overall, the Raptors have done really well against Milwaukee. Jonas Valanciunas usually feasts against them because they don't have a big who can stretch him out uh, and get him away from the basket. It's Greg Monroe, which John Henson, like those are guys that he can really succeed against. Um, so I just think it all sort of tilts the Raptors way anyway. I mean, I love the Bucks and they're fun and they're going to be really good. They're the future of the Eastern Conference probably, but I just don't think this is the year. Other than that, like the Pacers I just don't think are the same team they were last year that brought the Raptors to seven in the first round. Without George Hill, I just don't know how they stopped Kyle Lowry. I mean, George Hill was such a force against the match.
0: George Hill like forever is underrated. Like forever is underrated.
1: he He was absurd last year in that playoff series, just was in Lowry's grill the entire time. Um, And then Paul George got super hot. I don't really see Paul George being that player again this year. Like, he just doesn't look like he's that into it. Um, And maybe he can turn it on come playoff time. I don't know. Like, he's super talented. But I just don't think the roster there is all that talented, really, outside of George um, and then Miles Turner, who's kind of hit a sophomore wall. Um, Yeah, I I just – none of those teams I can really get there as being a real upset threat to any of the top teams in the Eastern Conference. I really think it's going to go chalk until the second round, and then I guess we'll see.
0: Yeah, it's interesting because, like, I think there's always, like, one upset, you know? Like, there's always, like, there's, like, one sort of, like, quasi-upset. But I don't know what it would be this year. Right? Like, even if you look at the West, like, it, the, the Blazers are not beating the Warriors. Like, no. I have a hard time seeing the Grizzlies beating the Spurs.
1: That's the one for me. Oh, really? You, th- you think so? One,
0: That's interesting. I, I... – It's just, like, is it – like, I mean, they're going to play sloggy and, like, the I, the Spurs are sort of built for the regular season in a lot of ways.
1: Yeah, I just, like, who's the Spurs' second-best player?
0: I don't like, know, man. Kawhi is just really good. That's, that's, he's like freaking
1: amazing. He's ridiculous. But like, who's their second best player? And like, I'm not. I don't know. They. They. I mean, I'm probably stupid because the Spurs win sixty games every year and they're a juggernaut. But like, they also kind of seem to disappoint in the playoffs sometimes too. Yeah.
0: Like, yeah. yeah think mean,
1: about yeah, the last little yeah. while. Other than winning the title, like they've had some real disappointments in the playoffs. Losing to the Thunder, they lost to the Clippers that year. Uh, lost to the Grizzlies, you know, earlier on in this decade. I mean, they're they've had some issues. In the playoffs. So that's, that would be the one I look at, I think, but I mean, yeah,
0: that's not, I mean, that's not, I like, I don't think, but I like, I don't think the thunder are going to beat the rockets. No. Um, like I, th- I think like Russ might drop like 50 in a game or something like that, but it's not going to matter. Like I don't the think it's going to be fun as hell. That's oh, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. Uh, I don't think, and I, I don't really consider like, let's say the jazz or the Clippers, whoever that shakes out. Like I don't think the five seed winning that series is like necessarily an upset. Like I think those two no. teams are sort of close um, in, yeah. in, a, in a lot of ways. And I think you're right about like the bottom of the East to me has like got like really individually great players, um, pr- like pretty much everything. like Miami doesn't have like the the same caliber as a guy as Indiana or Milwaukee or Chicago. Like those guys have stars with like kind of bad supporting casts, right? Like the Bucks, like yeah. I, I'm a, like you're right, like Middleton's great, um, but like the, you know if Malcolm Brogdon's like your fourth best player or something like that, like that's not great. Um, you ha- you have these like issues there. And I, but I think maybe all these teams get tested. Like, Giannis could just like go freak out and cause some problems. Same with Paul George. uh, Same with Jimmy Butler. And maybe, I mean, maybe that's what happens. And maybe we get something crazy like where Giannis like play like they end up in the five seed and like they beat the they just like he just destroys the Wizards or something like that. Like maybe that'll happen, but it seems really unlikely. But it's like I also think the top of the East this year is definitely better than it was last year. Like I think whoever the Cavs and the Raptors individually face in the second round. Um I, I think that like if it's each other, if it's like Celtics Raptors, like I think all those teams are in for pretty tight series and pretty interesting series.
1: Yeah, the East was a pile of crap last year. Like that, oh, yeah, that Heat terrible. team should not have made the second. They were the three seed and they made the second round. That heat team was terrible. Yeah,
0: absolutely like, terrible.
1: Like Dwayne Wade was I mean, he hit a bunch of threes in the in the in the playoffs, but like, come on. And then like Joe Johnson was like, you know, the the best like waiver pickup of all time. Like, I don't know. I, uh, yeah, the East is a lot better this year. Like I would put the Celtics, Raptors and wizards, like on par with like the, the jazz Clippers and even the Rockets maybe in the West. Like, I think they're legitimately good teams now. Uh, maybe the Rockets are a bit better with James Harden, but like, I still think like they're, that that's a conversation and like they're, they're, they're legitimately good. Like last year, the, I think the Raptors were, almost there i just don't think they were as deep as they are this year oddly enough they won 56 games i think they're much better this year with 51 wins or whatever they're going to end up with but um yeah i uh i think the east is good i think it's going to be weird however you know it's going to be fun however it sort of shakes out and it's a weird sort of end of the season here with teams tanking and the last week of the season always kind of sucks but um what's your expected Cavs starting five on wednesday against the raptors uh, I
0: have no idea what. To expect. I'm, gonna, I'm gonna. I'm gonna tell you like my dream starting five because I don't think. I don't think you're gonna see LeBron and Kyrie. That's my prediction.
1: Um, okay. I,
0: I kind of. I'm kind of. We I mean, we don't really know as we're recording this exactly what the the seating is, but I think the Cavs resting players on Monday in a game where the they haven't cut down the magic number below two since they beat Boston, like it, <laughs> it's just sort of stuck there. I, I think that tells you enough. Um, even if the, you know the Sunday game influences it. My my ideal starting five um, is Kay Felder, um, Dante Jones because they're apparently adding him. Mm-hmm. Uh, give me I guess like just, I don't want to see I want I don't want to see RJ like playing like minutes like I don't think I think he should rest so like, Give me just I guess give me Shump and then I want a front court of Tristan getting like twenty minutes of just running around and then Larry Sanders. That's my ideal five.
1: For me, I want. Kyle Lowry playing like 43 minutes just to get his legs back. um He's okay. been looking Kay, good. k Feather just gets roasted for
0: like four. Like he just he just went against like the the rap like Raptors 905, who like just yeah really good like really good D League team and like had like good moments, but like kind of struggled in spots. And then it's like oh yeah, here we're gonna have you play Toronto again, but uh, here's Kyle Lowry.
1: Yeah, from Brady Heslip to to Kyle Lowry. Uh, have fun with that, Kay. Yeah, um, yeah so, I want Lowry I mean, same, to play. Same
0: thing. Like, same thing.
1: Yeah. I want Lowry to play like 40-something minutes uh, just to get his legs under him. I mean, people have been fretting about Lowry's minutes for like three straight years. Um, This is the one time where I think just play him as much as possible, get him as much sort of, you know, repetition as you can get him because there's not a lot of time here. Um, And he's looked good. He played like 42 minutes in his first game back and scored 27 and had 10 assists. It was amazing. Uh, But more of that is good. Uh, At the two, give me some Fred Van Vliet uh, as a a small ball two, (laughs) normally (laughs) a point guard. Uh, At the three... I give Norman Powell some minutes because I just don't think he's going to play a whole lot of uh, time in the playoffs unless there's a, a an emergency here or there. He's kind of fallen out of the rotation behind P.J. Tucker, which I think is a good thing because um, Norman Powell has not been very good. Um, it's tough because there's going to be guys. I think Pascal Siakam is going to be with the D-League team because their playoffs are still going. Um, but I'd like to see Pascal Siakam maybe start next to Bruno in the front court. Um, maybe get Bebe some time as like a, a point forward, give him the ball in his hands a little bit. He's a good passer. You can't really dribble, but he can pass. Give him the ball at the elbow, move some stuff around there. Um, yeah, I, This is going to be a weird game that I'm excited for in a weird way. Actually, I don't think I'm going to see it. I'm going to be at the Blue Jays game, so I'm going to miss I it mean, anyway.
0: You're, you're not really going to be missing much. Like I'm going to be covering yeah. this game live, and it's Cavs fan appreciation. Right? It's like the final game of the regular season, and like it's not going to be great.
1: Yeah, like, I anticipated the the meaninglessness of this game pretty well. I think buying tickets for that Jays game a month ago. <laughs> yeah,
0: no, yeah, good call on your part. And like, I also think I actually got a uh, uh, substitute thing. Like, like, I want to see some Derek Williams as well because I get so many questions about like Derek Williams, like why doesn't he play anymore? Because he's like not that good. He's secretly that, was, like, uh, isn't that good.
1: Yeah, that was James Johnson for me the last two years. Like, I was the <laughs> one person who was like, James Johnson's not good. Like, he's not going to help you, and he wasn't good with the Raptors. Of course, he's ridiculous with the Heat, but uh he's a different player who's yeah. a, a much skinnier player at this point yeah but. i mean
0: the, the heat's like ability to get people in shape like makes me wish like i could just you know like give me two weeks in south beach and maybe be good for my soul you know man if
1: i was just like sent down to south beach just to like even just sweat in the heat i would lose weight that, yeah that, that, like, like we're, we're in we're,
0: yeah we're in cold. i just got am did you guys get snow we just got snow like i'm sick of it no it's, of like, anyway. it's like
1: it's like 22 degrees today. Well, I mean, I, I guess whatever that is, like 65 or 70 in uh, in Fahrenheit here today. Okay. It's beautiful. It's, yeah. it's wonderful. It's like yeah. almost shorts. So yeah,
0: it's like nice here now. Like it's about that here. Yes. But like last week we got like a lake effect snow, and I woke up and was like shoving the driveway, and I'm just like, it's, <laughs> it's April. Like I need to. Like I get it, LeBron. Like I get why he went to South Beach. Like secretly yeah. it's okay. You can just admit it was for the weather. Like I get it. Like it's nice.
1: <laughs> yeah, it helps you melt off the calories. It's all. It's all good. Yeah, uh, hey,
0: James Jones gets in shape. Yeah, but I James Jones. I hope we just get like a crazy like kind of stupid game wins. That's sort of my hope because it yeah, like just... it doesn't like it doesn't mean really it doesn't mean anything. If like of course LeBron could play and stuff. But, like even if like LeBron plays and the Cavs like you know they give up like seventy points or like they give up one hundred and thirty. Like I don't know how much that game actually means. Like these teams yeah, are me, sort of locked yeah. into their
1: seedings. Yeah, for me I really enjoy like having these meaningless late season like end of the season games with the like the knowledge that the playoffs are coming because the the Raptors used to have meaningless end of the season games that, you know, had like lottery odds riding on them and like that was what it mattered. So like this is this is an okay substitution. Like there was a game in 2012 where Ben Uzo got a triple double and won the Raptors the game single handedly and screwed the Raptors out of getting either Damian Lillard or Harrison Barnes in the draft, and they got Terrence Ross instead. And I love Terrence Ross, so I was okay with it. But most people were upset about that. So um, that that that's the kind of thing that Raptors fans have been used to with the last game of the year. So this sort of weird tankathon will be, you know, kind of welcome. It's 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 not that bad.
0: Yeah, I'm I'm with you on the. Taking it like the Cavs were there a couple of years ago, like hoping they would lose, and then like you just win the the crazy lottery odds and stuff. It's certainly more fun, and it's also kind of nice to get that mental break, I think, as well. Like I think um, fans are going to get really wound tight by a lot of what's going on. I think that's sort of inevitable, but I th- also all think right. like it's good to not have to like take all this seriously for a week or two because oh yeah. like because it's it gets a lot more dramatic, it gets a lot more tense, and the further and further you go in the playoffs, it becomes a lot harder to like. Deal with it all the time but if you can just get some Some dumb Fun basketball Like I'm here with like I need If k Father plays 48 minutes Or if they just did <laughs> A can charge Raptors 905 5 rematch Like I would be super down For that
1: <laughs> yeah, man. As as listeners to Lockdown Raptors know, I've been mailing it in for a couple weeks now, so <laughs> the playoffs will be good. <laughs>
0: yeah, just the, you gotta. I mean, you gotta save up the energy. Like you gotta rest. You know, you gotta limit the minutes. You gotta cut out the back to backs. Like, you gotta save
1: the vocal cords a little bit. You know, yeah, you can't exert them when it's not necessary. Yeah, totally. Yeah,
0: get the get the foam roller action. Get the get the back right when you're sitting in your chair for a while. <laughs> like, you gotta you gotta get it right, man. You gotta treat the body
1: right well Chris this was fun man yeah. uh, hopefully we get to come across each other in the playoffs and yeah. hopefully it's the Eastern Conference Finals because I think they would be more fun for everybody but yeah. if it's the second round we'll definitely uh, hook up for some more podcasts and uh, are you going to be traveling at all will you be able to make your way up here at all for any games
0: Toronto is the one city if the Cavs make a uh, run in the playoffs if, if they get the right schedule works up in Toronto Toronto is the city that I can most likely do which I'm kind of hoping because I like, I like to go to Toronto it seems like a nice place
1: it's all right, and I'm here, so we'll meet up, and we'll uh, we can maybe do a live podcast or something like that. Yeah, so. yeah, the yeah.
0: Last last time we did a live pod, it was uh, Sean Hyke and a, like guy yelling at us in the arena. Of the queue, so hopefully it goes <laughs> it, it goes better than that.
1: All right, man. Uh, this was fun, and we'll we'll chat soon. Take care, man. Later, buddy. At participating Napa Auto Parts stores while supplies last, minimum three items, exclusions apply. Offer ends 103117.